0: of the undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. Talkin' boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart.
1: Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you listen, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website www.salzneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the Holiday Inn and all of their properties. If you're traveling someplace and you need to spend the night, make sure you spend it at a Holiday Inn property. And I got some even another reason why you should uh, stay at a Holiday Inn property. Just visit or uh you get our billy c discount yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> that's the reason save some money get the billy c discount by calling our toll-free number 844-603-0364 844-603-0364 or just click the banner uh for the holiday inn up on billy c. Boxing, uh, dot com, along with uh any of our other sponsors make sure you uh uh, utilize that stuff up on uh, billycboxing.com and finally today's show is being brought to us in part by my book Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man is available right now where all good books are sold you can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching or listening to the show just visit bondsandnoble.com or amazon.com if you're looking to get a signed copy don't worry about it visit the website billycboxing.com and click on the book if you want more than one copy email me we'll hook you right up Billy at Talkin' boxing talkinboxin gcom uh, before we get started you know I, every day is someday yeah that's like a that's like a yogi berraism. every day is someday yeah no 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 every day is a something national day and thanks to uh uh, my man, Coach, he's filled me in. Today is National Moonshine Day. When did moonshine get a day? Uh, it's time for everybody to drink some moonshine today. Uh, it's also a National uh, Chocolate Ice Cream uh, Day. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What about vanilla ice cream? There, there, there's something. Why, why is there a favoritism towards chocolate ice cream? Come on, man. Come on. How about pistachio? How about mint chocolate chip ice cream day? Come on, man. How about... How about uh, cherry vanilla ice cream day or or death by chocolate ice cream day? I I could keep going on. I'm an ice cream guy. I'm a fat bastard. Anyway, um, I also want to wish uh, one of our uh, uh, listeners, uh, Joel. Happy birthday, Joel! Uh, he's been at, We've been wishing him a happy birthday for two friggin' weeks here. He told me last week. I thought it was his birthday last week, so I wished him a happy birthday on air. Then yesterday, he's going, "Oh, it's a birthday!" So I wished him a happy birthday yesterday. But today is the actual birthday of my man Joel. So happy birthday uh, to Joel! Um, listen, uh, I got some uh, emails uh, that uh, we're going to read. Um, also. I got an update on Vasily Lomachenko possibly fighting Javonta Davis. Um, Now, that's not a a huge shock. I mean, we we started talking about that fight as soon as uh, Lomachenko's last fight was done. Um, But there's a little twist in there, and and I'll fill you in on that in a couple of minutes. However, we're going to kick off the show. Uh, with some updates on the fight that we all want to see, we've been talking about the fight and the powers that be, maybe uh, you know, risking uh, losing interest in this particular fight. But the fight I'm talking about, of course, is in the heavyweight division between Anthony Joshua and uh, uh, and Deontay Wilder. Now, our uh, UK correspondent Johnston uh, sent me this uh, just prior to the show. He says, "Hey, Billy C." Um, make out uh, what you will uh, of these comments from Barry and Eddie Hearn, uh, but I'm still convinced uh, Joshua and Wilder will agree to fight after Povetkin and uh, Brazil, uh, as you have said, Billy C. Time and time again, t- time and time again, <laughs> uh, it's very risky to have a fight in between, and I'm 100% in agreement with you. Although I hope really. I really hope that Sal is right, uh, and it is agreed to fight each other in September. Just imagine Canelo and Triple G and A.J. Wilder all in the same month. Now, that would be one hell of a super September uh, for boxing. Before I give you the quotes, joining me right now is the guy we mentioned, Sal Rocky Senecola. How about that for September,
2: huh, if it really Oh, happened. man. Good morning, Billy C. Would that be a... Oh, it's September to wake up to. I'll tell you what. Well, that's what I've been saying all along. You know, we're going to wake up one day. It's going to be signed, sealed, delivered, The date set. And they're going to be uh, putting all the plans together to make it all happen. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still, still adamant about that. And I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to hear about it very soon. Um, and, yes, if Canelo and uh, Triple G... Put a little icing on the cake with that as well. We'll have an early September with, uh, uh, well, 15th, right? Would it be the 15th or 16th that that um, the Mexican holiday? Well,
1: that would be for the Canelo-Triple-G fight. We're not saying that uh, yes, this fight. I, I mean, all fights don't happen on that day. But the month, oh. like uh, like oh. Johnston mentioned, the, the, the month would be uh, packed. But I'm still not convinced. Let's read some of the quotes, and then let's uh, discuss on um, what we can read between the lines, because some of it sounds like the same old BS. But uh, uh, anyway, now Barry Hearn is Eddie Hearn's dad. It's his papa, Papa Hearn. And Papa Hearn uh, really uh, was uh, the guy who uh, set up uh, little, little Eddie Hearn. Well, he's not too little. Eddie Hearn is a big dude. Have you ever seen him standing next to these heavyweights like Anthony Joshua and stuff, and, and he's just as tall? And then, uh, you know, you watch him on TV, Sal, and you saying to yourself, "Oh, you know, you don't think twice because they're all around the same size." But if you or I was standing in there next to them, <laughs> you would realize how big these guys are. I mean, you know uh, what? Anthony Joshua six 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 seven, Deontay Man. Wilder six seven. You know, so uh, and Eddie Hearn is right up there with them. But uh, a foot taller than me, yeah, wow. exactly, exactly. But uh, anyway, wow. uh, Barry Hearn said, "I think uh, the bluster is gone." And we're now at the stage where there's real decisions that have to be made made within the next few days. I'm happy to say I've done my bit. Uh, Eddie and his team will take over now, as always. And the last word comes from the man himself. Wherever we go, it has to have the approval of AJ because he's the main man. Before I read Eddie's comments, do you read anything into that, how they keep saying, ultimately, it's Anthony Joshua. He's the man. He's the man. He's the man. If this fight doesn't get made, Sal, do they throw and blame? It's almost like the wee wee wee, and then they lose the fight, and it's he, he, he. Hey, hey, listen. We wanted to. I, I can hear it now. We all wanted to fight. Anthony Joshua
2: said he didn't. What, what, what do you think about that line? Uh, I think that line is very inclusive with the whole and uh you know what you got to keep it across the board man you want to be consistent you want to say something there's a team effort but then and again you know it's all aj making the decisions it's like i said it before people want to fight two guys want to really get in a ring together they'll it'll they'll make it happen so uh let's just hope that uh <laughs> we're not going to hear well he said he said it's we as a team and uh with, with aj at the helm making the decisions you know it should be uh, it should be set sealed, and we'll uh, we'll hear about it. Hopefully. Well, I uh,
1: I hope so, but I, I'm still I'm pretty. Well, let, let, me read, let me read. Let me Let me read the rest of the quotes. Eddie. Is. Now, Eddie. Uh, the, the those first couple of quotes were Barry Hearn. Now, Eddie Hearn says, uh, we want to do this fight in the U.K. I don't think they're too keen to do the fight in the U.K., but I think they're slowly realizing that without Anthony Joshua. The future isn't too bright and rosy for Deontay Wilder. He wants to fight and we want to fight, but time is running out because we need to let the WBA know and Alexander Povetkin know that if we're fighting them in September, at the moment, it looks like we are. I think this fight with Wilder could get agreed upon within the next few weeks. Uh, I think it will get agreed on and probably signed but it's just a case of whether that fight happens in october november or september or if we do it next year in february or march either way i do think it's going to get agreed to it's just a time scale thing now uh in terms of the possible dates eddie said uh the u.s tv networks are going to get pay-per-view for the fight in the u.s uh from the uk the timing of the show uh, that we have to deal with because of the time difference. The date and how that sits with other fights, like Canelo, Triple G, who else is fighting around that time. The venues for us, we would like to do that, probably in London at Wembley Stadium, outdoors, but everybody is at least talking, and genuinely, when everyone wants to fight and the communication is good, you get there in the end. It's just a case of whether you get there Or whether we jump to fight our mandatory in Povetkin and then Wilder next, he goes on to say, uh, uh, with the uh, updates, with the uh, venues and the possible dates. He says, all I could say is that I think this fight will get signed, but whether we fight Povetkin first uh, will yet to be seen. He says, at the current moment, we are fighting Povetkin. We want to fight in September. But September doesn't work with Wilder because of the Showtime agreement. If we fight Wilder, it could be in October, maybe even November. But if we fight Pavetkin, that fight will be in September. Wembley Stadium is a venue being considered, and so the and so is the Olympic Stadium and Twickenham, uh, the Rugby Stadium. Those dates could be in September. Uh, Specifically the 15th or the 22nd But uh, he said the 8th is also available At the Manchester United uh, uh, field He says that's 15 weeks away from now So to do the Wilder fight If you want to give it the build up it deserves uh, Povetkin might be the one that takes place in September And Wilder won't happen until February That would mean we would go to Cardiff We wanted September because there was the possibility of places like Wembley, but if you go on to October or November, then it uh, it becomes Cardiff, where we've done two fights before. I really do think the Wilder fight will happen, but it's just whether or not it's next. It won't be any more than one after Povetkin. That would be the maximum wait. Um... I see a lot of Fred Astaire going on here. What what's I, your I thoughts? Say, what's your thoughts?
2: Dancing ball. <laughs> what's your thoughts, man? No, I you know, I, I I think I think what I read between that is that they're offering the alternative as far as if we do not ISIS deal or if they do not ISIS deal right now, they're going to have to fill it up and uh which means they want an ISIS deal. They they have got to. They've got to make it happen. You know what? It's got. It's already losing its shine a little bit. What I mean by that is, it just is. It's it's glowing and staring right at us. It's a natural. Everybody would like to see it. And you know, you, I still can't believe that they would actually possibly jeopardize that kind of a, a fight at that magnitude by allowing each fighter or allowing AJ to fight another opponent in between because I said it's just too risky. A cut can happen, a broken hand can happen, a loss can happen. Anything can happen. Uh separated retina, detached retina, you you don't you don't know. So the bottom line is, I think they're foolish. I think they should get off their their laurels and make this fight a done deal what is so hard for these guys to understand and see the magnitude of a fight like this and a rematch clause they'll all be set for life and they'll all be able to go on and do things no matter who wins or loses it it, this the rematch will set it up perfectly and if it turns into uh ali frazier rubber match hey man that, that is a great thing too but let's, let's get this first fight under the wraps, and let's get this iced and signed and delivered to the fans and to the boxing world. That's what they need to do. So,
1: you, you know, you just mentioned something. You, Ali Frazier, you know, we had a trilogy there. You know, that's the big glaring difference about the yes. sport today and w- the way it was yesteryear. You know, fighters were willing to get in the ring and fight, and they, then let yes. the fighters, based on their performances... Dictate whether we get a rematch, whether we get a third fight. You know, if the first fight's good, then let's have another one. If the second fight's good, let's have another one. I mean, that's what dictates it. Today's sport, they duck and 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 bob and weave and 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 you know, I, they avoid it. You know, and, and in this case, you know, what's happened. Is that they both shot off their mouths, and I say both, meaning Deontay Wilder, very outspoken. We all know that, and no, let's 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 make sure we we point out the fact that AJ has said the same crap that he wants to fight Deontay. Now all of a sudden they have the interest. Now all of a sudden they're in a a, a collision course, and they're all dragging their feet. Listen. Deontay Wilder is going to blame AJ. AJ's going to blame Wilder. Wilder's team is going to blame AJ's team. AJ's team is going to blame Wilder's team. But let's 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 call the facts of facts. All of these guys are saying, "Whoa, hold on, man. You know, one of us are going to come out of here not looking perfect, and you know, we got to get the most we can." And you know, to suggest that they need to build this up, the buildup has already taken place. You know, they could conceivably sign this fight and fight next month and do they just could. as well with the with the uh, pay-per-view buys and the interest, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I don't buy that at all. That's not even close. Now, as far as the fight, I said all along that the fight was going to take place next year. I want to be wrong. I want this to take place in September. There is no reason... That both of these fighters should risk a fight, like you just said, Sal. But it goes deeper than that. Let me ask you this: If you were the guy, if you were Alexander Povetkin or Dominic Brazil, these are the two guys that are going to be uh, fighting uh, Brazil fighting uh, uh, Deontay and. Uh, and, and and Alexander Povetkin fighting AJ, if you were either one of those two guys, and you're listening to this, like we listen to it every day, and in a sense, Sal, both of these guys, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, are looking past their opponents about the showdown with them. They're saying, hey, listen, we might have to fight somebody in, in front, but then after that, we guarantee we're going to fight each other. And, and I'm saying to myself, well, wait a minute. You know, both of these guys are we're not talking about uh, an opponent like Tyson Fury is going to face this weekend. We're talking about in Alexander Povetkin, a legitimate top heavyweight who's way shorter than Anthony Joshua. And if there's one chink in the armor of of Anthony Joshua, it's that he can't fight shorter guys. And when you look at Dominic Brazil, people say, "Yeah, he's slow." But let me tell you, he's big. He's strong. He can take a shot. The guy can take a punch. And if Wilder takes him lightly, he could find himself being stunned or dropped or whatever. And, oh, by the way, there's some personal conflict between Deontay and Dominic Brazil because if you remember, uh, after one of the fights, uh, the the whole family's got in it in the hotel lobby, uh, pushing and shoving each other. So um, I don't think that this is uh, too smart to risk. And if you were
2: one of those guys, Sal... Wouldn't you? Wouldn't that be fuel for your fire? Oh, of course it is. I mean, to fight for a championship or to fight somebody of that magnitude would be fuel for my fire enough. But to, to absolutely to hear that this guy thinks I'm going to be fodder and he's going to get past me that easily—forget about it. I like to derail that chain, and uh, you know. I'll do whatever I have to do, you know, to to make myself uh, uh, a force in that ring with those people, and I'll do everything I can to win. I like to take their heart away. I like to bang them up and just just uh, let them pay for for taking me too lightly and uh, looking past me. But that's that goes deeper and goes beyond even that, Bill. Because like I said, I wanted to make a little analogy, and you you saw it and you definitely uh, commented on it. If this was in the spirit of Ali Frazier. That's why I said it. These guys are, 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 are such a stellar competitive breed that, that we were blessed with to have it in, in our era and to see what's happening in contrast to two fighters. When Ali and Frazier wanted to get in a the ring, they got in the ring. There was no ifs, ands, or buts because they wanted to prove to the world that they were the best heavyweight champion of the world. And they were willing to do a duke-out showdown and put it all out there on the line. They didn't – come on. It wasn't hem and haw. It wasn't season. It wasn't this and that. They made the deal. Maybe it was to a degree, but forget about it. They were talking about it, and that was it. It was made. And I think Don King made that beautiful fight, uh, the first one. And let me tell you, uh, you don't see that here. You don't feel that excitement. These guys, that, that they're hemming, their horn. It's not in that spirit of Ali Fraser. It's not in the spirit of what we uh, saw was good for boxing. It's not in the spirit of what we are all anticipating or waiting to do. Because if these two guys really wanted to fight each other, there would be no if, 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 ends and buts. They'd sign a the contract, get the thing done, and we'd see it this year, latest by November. We're going to take a short break when we come back. Uh, I got another uh,
1: question to pose on that subject uh, just before we move to. Uh the big uh, the big showdown in the smaller division, Lomachenko against Javante Davis. Don't go anywhere.
0: Billy will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now, or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com.
1: And we're back. You're watching and listening to The Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. Hey, don't forget, programming note, we will not be doing a live show on Friday. So look for all of our breakdowns and predictions. And they're going to have to, it's probably going to take up the whole show on Thursday. A lot of big uh, fights this weekend, so uh, that's what we're looking forward to. And by the way, don't forget to tune in tomorrow. Uh, Larry Hazard will be joining us as well as our blast from the past. Now, uh, it happens to be the Hall of Fame weekend. I will not be attending this year. Um, I can't stand Jim Gray, so I don't even want to be anywhere near the guy, Uh, not to mention, uh, although the sausage and peppers are calling me, but... uh, uh, I won't be up there, but in lieu of Vitali Klitschko being uh, inducted into the international Boxing Hall of Fame, Alex and I are going to be doing the uh, blast from the past on him uh, tomorrow. So you're not going to want to miss tomorrow's show. Um, Sal, uh, you know, let, let, let me let's take a look. You know, one of the big things in boxing today is money. Uh, these guys all want to fight nobody for a lot of money. And if they're going to fight somebody, they want a lot of money, way more. Um, and and here's the thing. You know, when you look at it from a business perspective, um, you can say to yourself, well, Anthony Joshua does have a lot more options than Deontay Wilder. And the reason is he could make easily $20 million fighting Pavetkin. And most likely he'll make more because Pavetkin's going to win the purse bid if it goes to purse bid. His, his Russian... Uh, his Russian promoter is going to throw, you know, boatloads of cash to get that fight in Russia. So you would have to assume that Anthony Joshua is going to make at least, at, probably after he pays all his bills, twenty million. All right. Um, what could Deontay Wilder possibly make against Dominic Brazil? I mean, let's be real. He made the most that he ever made in his career against Luis Ortiz, which was a good fight. I mean, Luis Ortiz is I think a more uh, – the way I think the the, the marginal boxing fans going to look at uh, D- Dominic Brazil, they're going to look at him as a easier uh, challenge than Luis Ortiz. So with that said, even if he makes the same, roughly $2.5 who would you rather be? I mean, who wants this fight more?
2: Well, and that's the whole thing. I mean – definitely his last fight uh against Ortiz I'm talking about Deontay Wilder definitely increased his stock quite a bit uh is he in a position against a Dominic Brazil to ask for five to ten million dollars I mean I I could see him asking for that I don't know if the revenue can be generated from that uh for lack of a better opponent I mean you know uh dominic brazil is a tough guy he's a good opponent but you know where where are the two dance mates that are going to make this really a magnitude fight that people are going to want to spend and buy and want to see it i don't know if that that's the magic dance partner right there for deontay wilder i don't think it is but i could be wrong um, Like I said, all I want to really see right now is the, the Anthony Joshua Deontay Wilder. That can validate each guy making $50 million, and I think the revenue there between the two will generate $100 million. So I, I think that's what I'm saying. They're short-sighted if they you don't feel that they, they uh, need to do this fight right now and do it first and fast. Uh,
1: before I give you a response to that, uh, I want to I give a shout-out to my man Joel. It. Uh, Joel just gave yes. us a super chat uh, We wished him a happy birthday So, uh, And and by the way we love the super chat So if you're over on the chat room Up on our YouTube uh, channel We'd appreciate it It keeps the show moving in the right direction Joel's super chat wants to know When we're going to be doing a post fight show again um, You know I, I I had thought that we were going to be doing A lot more post fight shows This year It just hasn't worked out that way yet um, I do plan on it, and uh, there may be some announcements coming really soon. Not only about post-fights, but about this show. Now, some people might not like what what's going to happen. Some people will. Um, and until I know for sure, I will let you I, I just just hold that thought. It may not be a good one. But thanks for the uh, super chat, y'all, and happy birthday and happy birthday. He's, birthday, he's too, uh, Joel. Uh, a great, uh, great. Uh, Uh, Part of the show is my man Joel. But anyway, you know, Sal, I I don't know what, I I don't quite understand your comment because just because, listen, Deontay Wilder fought, when you look at his resume, he's got one major name on it. That's Luis Ortiz. Did he perform great in that fight? Did Did his value skyrocket? Did he, you know, show us a lot in that fight? Yes, 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 to all those things. But the fact still remains that Deontay Wilder does not have a team willing to open up a checkbook for him. That's what AJ has. AJ has a a following that is so big that they will go no matter where he goes. They will pay to see him, and they will generate the money. at And the end result is AJ gets his twenty million uh, for fighting uh, guys that uh, similar to the opponents that that Deontay fights. Deontay Wilder had to fight Luis Ortiz to make two and a half million. Just because he looked good, they're not going to ante up and throw him more money to fight Brazil. That's why Deontay, for a big payday, a 10 million plus payday, right? Which we know he's going to make more than that. um, He needs to fight Anthony Joshua. The point that, that Deontay was trying to make and trying to make it seem like AJ needs him, and AJ's scared of him, and blah, 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 it's backfiring, it's backfiring, because they don't have the juice to say, Bafong and leave, you know, AJ does, AJ does have the juice to say, we don't need you, Deontay, bye, you know, and, and Deontay is left there crying that he doesn't want to fight him, but so what, that's it, that's all he has, you know, we go back to that $12.5 million
2: offer, Sal, and yeah. maybe he should have taken it then.
1: That fight would have already been scheduled.
2: Well, yes and no. I mean, it, it, by him uh, playing uh, poker and bluffing a little bit, you know, hey, you know, now we're looking at $25 a minimum. So, uh, you know, who, who knows what would have happened if they did do that. And if he got a good percentage of the revenue of the pay-per-views, he probably would have made out very well. But what I'm trying to draw is the analogy. I don't think he can make more than $5 million fighting anybody right now other than AJ. And what are you looking at making $5 million now versus twenty to or $25 million uh, to start? I mean, that's, that, 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 I mean, do the math. That's like you got to fight five or six fighters to even look at that where you can get it all at one shot. And, you know, like I said, in boxing, tomorrow is never guaranteed. So why don't you do yourself a favor and your family a favor and look at what the biggest money draw will be and follow that lead and give us a great performance. Deontay, I'm in your corner. Uh, and I think, you know, you'll have, uh, you'll have a great rematch clause in there, and you can parlay two fights right in a row where you'll, you'll make more money than you can fighting 10 opponents.
1: But he's shooting himself in the foot. You know, they offer him money, he turns it down. Okay, we both agree that, you know, it, it turned out to be a smarter move, so instead of getting $12.5 yeah. million, he's probably going to get $20. You know, um, you know he's not going to get 50 And the longer he waits... The more risk that's going to take place for him, somebody could catch him, you know. Just like somebody can catch, uh, um, you know, AJ. But but the big difference is that AJ is making way more money to fight the same level of op, uh, of opposition that that Deontay is. Deontay's not not going to all of a sudden get five million. They're not going to pay Deontay. So so in other words, because he looked good and he proved all of that. The people that are writing his paychecks, his purses, which ultimately falls on the shoulders of the television networks, they're all of a sudden going to shell out more money for this guy when they know they can get him for for less? Absolutely not. It's a business decision. If you're buying your material to make pizza dough and you're getting the better dough, but you know that they're going to take X amount of money for it, you're not going to pay twice as much. You're not. You're, you're, You're a smart businessman, and so are the networks. You know, and speaking of Showtime, they're kicking butt right now. Nobody's coming close to Showtime when it comes to the sport of boxing. I don't know what HBO was thinking, but they may be walking away from it because they're way behind. And I'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that this fight, the fight between uh, Ant- the potential fight between Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, they are risking fans losing interest. A lot of fans that I talk to are pissed. They're pissed that it's dragging on. They're pissed that the fight didn't happen. We can point fingers. AJ can point them to Deontay. Deontay can point them to AJ. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because at the end of the day, just like you said at the beginning of the show, you know, when the two fighters want to fight, the fight should happen. It's clear that Ooh. both of these guys want to fight. But now because of the sanctioning bodies and because of the mandatories and because of this and because of that and because of television uh, availability and because of venue availability and all the, 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 the uh, complexities of putting a, a, a fight of this magnitude together are starting to drive the bus, who gets screwed? The fans get screwed. Hold that thought. No. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get screwed in a minute if I don't take a break. Uh, don't uh, go anywhere. We'll finish that thought uh, in two.
0: So we'll be right back.
1: Now back to talk and
0: boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson.
1: Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there, Jeremy. Man, uh, I need you to take this one. All right? Wait,
0: what? What? No way. I,
1: I I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C? Damn it! Now put on that mustache and get in there.
0: Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy
1: C. <laughs> undisputed
0: heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio it's talking boxing with billy c now back to billy, billy c. c interact with the show at billycboxing.com
1: and we're back you're watching and listening to the billy c show glad you could be with us and you know there's there's a lot of comments going on in the uh, chat room Uh, Even though they're not giving me a super chat, I'm still going to super chat about them. But, uh, you know, people are disagreeing with me about my analogy that the two preliminary fights prior to uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder fighting each other are tough fights for these guys. Um, Everybody's getting caught up with uh, what I'm saying, uh, and they're disagreeing that, you know, I'm saying, well, Povetkin and Dominic Brazil are similar uh, in, in quality. What I mean by that is they're similar in quality against their projected opponents. We say all the time, and it's a cliche in boxing, that styles make fights. Well, when you take a look at, um, uh, at Alexander Povetkin, you know he, he, he's basically a, a fighter that comes at you. He's a knockout guy, um, but he's short. Not compared to me, but compared to Anthony Joshua, he's short. Anthony Joshua has shown that he has trouble fighting shorter guys. Just look at the record. Look at the fights that he's struggled in there with, and uh, it's always the shorter guy. The taller guys, the guys the same size as him or close to it, he's he's very proficient at. Now, when you look at Deontay Wilder, Deontay Wilder is an awkward fighter. He's got no... (laughs) Uh, he's got terrible foot he does everything wrong but so did so did uh, Rocky marciano but um but the truth of the matter is is that he especially when he feels that um, he's gonna dominate his opponent and his opponent doesn't belong in the same ring you didn't see him go all out and attack Luis Ortiz at first he eventually did but at first he was a little cautious. Uh, just like he was a little cautious in the first Bermain-Stavern fight, uh, but, you know, once he fights a guy that he, you know, is taking lightly to a degree, he goes in there for the kill. He did it with Eric Molina, Johan Duopaus, etc., etc., and he's going to do the same thing with Dominic Brazil. The difference with Dominic Brazil, similar to Johan Duopaus, is that he's got a granite chin. This guy can take a punch, The difference between him and Johan Duopaus, which I think they're both similar fighters with strong chins, is that the punch output rate of Brazil is more than Johan Duopaus, even though that Brazil is slow. And I think that Johan Duopaz doesn't have any pop behind his punch. So a guy like Duopaz, he takes a lot and uh, he, he gives you back little and he doesn't hurt you. I think that the risk that uh, Deontay is going to have with Brazil is that yes, he takes a beating. Uh, yes, he's not the fastest when he when he counter punches, but he's got some pop behind those punches. And if he connects, uh, it could spell danger. I'm telling you that both these fights, you know, when you look at who they're fighting, are both hard fights, Sal. They're not pushover fights. I'm telling you, they're not. And and uh, I'm not saying. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying. That you know, AJ won't beat Pavetkin and 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 Deontay won't beat Brazil. I, I'm I'm I think both of them will win. But um I don't think they're gonna win easily. And like you said earlier, what happens if somebody hurts their hand or gets a cut that prevents them from fighting? Or or even more serious, like you mentioned, a detached retina or something crazy.
2: Well, and those are the things that can happen. I mean, it, it's easy. And, uh, I mean, it's not easy, but these are the things that can happen, and they're inherent dangers of the fight game. And, uh, you know, it, it just takes an, an elbow to the eye. It takes uh, anything else that could happen. And you have a freak accident, even in training. You twist an ankle, you break this, you got a stress fracture. You don't know. It could, it, anything can happen. So that's what I'm saying. There is no guarantees about tomorrow in the fight game. But you do the law of averages and you try to predict and you try to do the best you can to keep your body uh, as as, as uh, readily available to fight and to be at its peak performance level at all times. But the bottom line is this is a bigger fight than both of these guys will have in their lifetime. This is the biggest fight they'll have right now in their lifetime. I could say that because there's nothing bigger for their or future than what's in front of them right now. So why take a chance? Jump on it, do it, sign it, seal it, and deliver it. And like I said, in the spirit of Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, hey, maybe they'll be smiling down at you guys and you'll you'll get the trilogy out of this. But uh, I just want the first one, and we'll see what can happen from there.
1: Yeah. Maybe they all know that it's not going to be a second fight because it's going to be so... Uh, non-competitive
2: climatic you think i don't yeah.
1: know well I, I i don't know if it can be that because somebody's no. getting knocked out it's not going to go yeah. it's not going to be an anti-climatic fight like pacquiao and mayweather was no. um or even quite honestly to a degree even triple g and canelo uh that fight really didn't start till the second half of that fight um but somebody will get knocked out. The the beauty of the AJ Deontay fight is somebody's getting knocked out. It, it's not going the distance.
2: No, um, no.
1: Uh, you know, well, you know Deontay will control that. De- Deontay Wilder will control that. Somebody's going to get knocked out because his shot is to knock out AJ. He will never be able to outbox AJ. So. You know, even though he, he does he has shown that he, he can throw a decent jab, he just re, he rever, reverts back to seek and destroy, and uh, you know he's going to dictate the fight. Um, you know, once again, the 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 negativity falls on the American fighter, and I say that because traditionally the American fighters are the ones that aren't willing to get in the ring and fight the fights. The British fighters, European fighters, Ukrainian fighters, whatever—they all do. And speaking of Ukrainian fighters, how about Vasily Lomachenko? Uh, he says, "I find this amazing." Now, now let's—we all agree that Lomachenko has, you know, moved into that top one-two spot of, of pound for pound, right? And he also moved up in weight. His last fight was the third weight class he had moved up to. Now, remember, he had an extensive, extensive uh, amateur career. So he's not like he's in his 20s. He's not a young guy um, like Javante Davis. Uh, you know, I think he's 30 or, or close to it. He might even be 31. I don't know. But um, uh, what I find so amazing, Sal, is that we all saw that he was clearly the smaller man when he fought Jorge Linares. I've said time and time again... That Mikey Garcia, even though they're both technically in the same weight class right now at 135, that Mikey Garcia is way bigger. And that Lomachenko, you know, may have made a mistake by by relinquishing his junior lightweight title and keeping the lightweight title. Well, check this out. He says he wants to fight Javante Davis, but only if Davis moves up to lightweight. So, in other words, he wants Davis to move up
2: to a division that really he's too small for. What's your thoughts? Well, I think, uh, I, you know, Lomachenko, as you suggested, I mean, he, he's, he's the man. I mean, pound for pound, number one in the world. I, 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 I would not take that away from him. And to suggest, you know, to Davis to move to a certain weight class, and to, to, that's a great fight. That's a great fight uh could it be to a lightweight At a lightweight division i don't see why not and uh i think um i think it'll be a mega fight for that lightweight division um uh, it will J- Javante davis take the bait and 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 do it i don't know does he have to i think it's a it's, it's something that he will rise to the occasion he'll put in a good performance uh but uh i don't know i don't know that's that's uh You know, if it's outside his weight class, you know, why bother? But uh, like I said, the difference between the era, of generations of fighters before, the best fighters in the world wanted to seek out the best fighters in the world to prove they were ultimately the best fighter in the world.
1: Well, Javante Davis is basically junior middleweight, super featherweight, however you look at it, champ. He's got two belts, the WBA and the IBF. Um, It's the same division that Vasily Lomachenko just left and vacated his title. And moved up to, to lightweight. So we're talking about five pounds. And we're, we're talking about... And and, and Javante Davis is a young kid. He's the young fighter. He's in his 20s. And he was a guy that... Remember, he lost his first belt when he was a featherweight uh, champ. Um, he won the title. Then in his very first defense, he lost the belt on the scale because he couldn't make weight.
2: That's right.
1: Uh, so I don't think that the five pounds is a big deal either. And as a matter no. of fact... It's a win-win situation for Davis because if he moves up and challenges Lomachenko for his lightweight title and should lose, then he still is his junior uh, junior lightweight champion. If he wins, just like every other fighter, he would have to, to make the decision whether he wants to campaign as a lightweight or uh, relinquish the lightweight title and maintain his uh, his his two belts in the in the super featherweight or junior lightweight division, however you look at it, but. No matter how you look at it, um, this is a great fight. I mean, oh, yeah. I love Javante Davis. I love him. Yeah, me too. I, I, and I and I love that he's, uh, you know, realizing that Floyd is is terrible uh, as a promoter, and he's been vocal about it. But when you put that aside and you look at the talent, as long as he can keep his head straight, uh, this kid this kid's going to be something special. Even if he loses to Lomachenko. Lomachenko is a special fighter too, but this is a kind of fight. I mean, this is European-esque, Sal, where you have oh, yeah. two fighters uh, on a collision course and they get in the ring. Uh, I I don't see why this fight wouldn't happen. I, 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 I really don't see a stumbling block here. Floyd has been uh, very vocal saying that he will put Javanta in the ring with Lomachenko. Um, I love this fight, and and I they can't announce it too soon for me. I mean, um, we're talking about uh, you know December, um, because Lomachenko just had some shoulder surgery. But uh, God, I hope this
2: is the next one. What do you think? Well, gosh, this will be a tremendous fight, as you as you said, and uh, I think uh, I think it's a I don't want to say it's a fifty fifty, but I I think uh, it'll be a great great opportunity for uh for each fighter to display and put out there what they're all made of because they uh davis has got some great talent and uh is it enough to beat uh uh is it enough to beat lomachenko i don't know but that's why fighters fight each other because they have a lot to prove and to see and i think great fighters make great fights so we'll see
1: um you know, the value of Javante Davis does not go down should he lose to no. Lomachenko. No, it does. No, it nobody. Does. If you lose to Lomachenko, how can your how can your status how could your your value go down? I mean, you, you you your value should go up even if you if if you get blown out maybe, but if it's a good fight and remember something, I don't care how good you are. Speed kills. The advantage for Lomachenko is his ring generalship. The way he can pivot and move around and stay in the pocket. But Javante Davis has shown a mean streak, and his hand speed is unbelievable. Um, I love the fight. And to be honest with you, Sal, I do think it's kind of a 50 50 fight. And the reason why I say that is I give some points, if I'm going to break it down in points, I give points to Javante Davis for his hand speed, his punching accuracy, uh, and his youth. Uh, Lomachenko, obviously, ring generalship, his accuracy um and you know his overall skill set uh but i I don't know right now i i say it's a 50 50 fight
2: yeah i i could see that bill i mean it's it's a good thing i think like i said it'll be a great fight because you got two great fighters so uh uh i i can't see that being anything uh but a stellar fight it will not be an anticlimactic fight i can predict that
1: and i'll tell you another thing um I my I mean I already love Givonta Davis but if he takes the fight and and challenges himself you can't ask any more of a young fighter to do that I mean I brag about uh, how the European fighters are always willing to get in a ring you know domestically or wherever whereas the. US fighters have a tendency not to uh, do it but uh, I got some emails to read. One thing I I, want to say, and it has nothing to do with uh, boxing, Um, it has to do with the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles. Oh,
2: boy, oh, boy.
1: And, um, you know, they were going to go to the White House. uh, Like most sports championship teams do, uh, they go to the White House, Super Bowl and World Series champions, Uh, go to the White House, and, you know, they get their accolades uh, on a national level. Well, in lieu of all of the stuff that's been going on with this, uh, you know, terrible decision by players to try to make a statement for equality and police brutality, which I support, if they want to make a statement, do it. Don't do it against the country. I think that that's ridiculous. And they do it against all the men and women who put their lives on the line and the ones who have lost their lives to protect and keep our uh, ways of living here in the United States. And they're dissing those uh, uh, soldiers, whether they're men, whether they're women, whether they're black or whether they're white. They're dissing all of those guys. And to suggest... That they were gonna send a contingent of less than ten players from that team to go to the White House. That's that's what has been reported. President Trump said, forget it, you're uninvited. I applaud him for doing that. Now now Trump, you know, whether you like him or not, he's not exactly a guy that has any cooth. He says the stupid things. He's not what we typically have seen as a president in terms of what your perception of, of what an individual in that position should represent. He's clearly not that kind of a guy. However, his stance and his protection of, of our military should not be questioned. And these players in the NFL that are standing by and continuing this really ridiculous move, I was going to use a different choice of words, um, I, I, I got news for you, Sal. Sal. Nobody's a bigger football fan than myself. Oh, I know that. But I don't, I don't think I'm going to watch NFL this year if they continue this. I think it's time for the masses. And you know what? I saw some statistics that uh, NFL fans are against the, the kneeling, but when they break it down between uh, white and black and Hispanic fans, the majority of the black fans support it. And the majority, It's further division. Listen, understand what they're protesting. They're protesting uh, inequality and police brutality. At least that's what uh, Colin Kaepernick started with his protest, okay? Which is a valid point. However, you don't do it with our national anthem. If it wasn't for the national anthem, you wouldn't be allowed to protest anything. So, I I mean, choose something else. You know, refuse to wear a piece of the uniform. Refuse to do something else. Don't You know, keep solidarity in a different way. Don't attack the country. It is backfiring for these guys and the NFL. I understand that Goodell is in a tough position, uh, but let me tell you, a lot of Americans are stopping following football. And, you know, when you put the country, everybody loves the NFL, Sal, but don't put the country uh, in, in a challenging situation with the NFL. They're not going to win. They're not going to win.
2: No, no, I don't see them doing that as well. I think, uh, you know, you've got to really, really weigh the the what you're trying to accomplish, and and sit down and you know have meetings about it, and see how you can protest in an effective manner. It's not going to affect or hint that it's the country's fault or something like that, and you know do it on a platform or do it on a basis that uh, will be recognized and respected. As, as having your freedom of speech and your concerns and, you know, and maybe they'll be addressed properly right now uh, doing on that national level uh, using the, the protest against their flag. It's, uh, it's, it's saying other things than what I think they're trying to accomplish because, right, I'll tell you the truth, I lost the whole message. Uh, you know, it's not evident what, what they're trying to do. Like I said, if they have a spokesperson, if they have something else they want to do in protest, Let's hear it, but uh, uh, to to put the flag uh, behind and to do what they're doing, i I, I really don't feel comfortable or, or agree with it. No,
1: I, I support their protest. Not yes, that, I support not, the not protest. that way, not that way. I no. mean, find something else, you know, I, i'll I'll even do it with them. but uh, but not against the flag. You know, there's a lot of things about the country I don't like. But when it comes to the country and what we stand for, the flag is is the symbol of that. And shows our national anthem. Every other country is proud of their national anthem, and so are we. Yes. Don't attack it. Don't our own people. That that's why, that's why this country is on is a, is at an unrest that has not been equaled since the Civil War. So, uh, hey, listen, uh, we got a super chat. I want to give a shout out. Uh, to my main man from uh, the UK, who helps us uh, keep up to date with all the news going on there, Johnston. Uh, thank you for the super chat. And he says, I can't recall four better fighters in the same weight division as we currently have at bantamweight. Am I over? Am I over hyping Inoue, Rodriguez, Teet, and Burnett? Absolutely not, Johnston. You are 100% right, and and uh, thank God that the World Boxing Super Series is going to take that ball and run with it uh, and have a World Boxing Super Series in the band and weight division. Inoue is looking forward uh, to fighting. As as everybody recalls, he's already moved up in weight. He's another young uh, fighter out of uh, Japan that we're all uh, uh, jonesing to see more and more. Uh, Let's get some emails out of the way. This one's from Jesse. He says, uh, hey guys, I saw some of the fights of the bare knuckle boxing and they're entertaining, but can we really call it boxing since many of the fighters are MMA fighters and the boxing science is horrible. Poor defense, no head movement, sloppy punches, technique is awful, no true adjustments. Should we call it bare knuckle fighting instead? I think bare knuckle boxing with small gloves was more boxing uh than this bare knuckle version um i don't know if i agree with jesse here sal and i'll tell you why the the whole idea at least what i thought the idea was to fight bare knuckle uh the way bare knuckle fighting was and bare knuckle fighting was uh a a rough and tumble barbaric way of boxing did they call it the sweet science back then yes but boxing has evolved into what we see today. So to call it bare knuckle boxing, as you know, they're in that ring, I, I, I'm, I'm supportive of it. Uh, do I want to see washed up old guys, uh, you know, taking more punishment uh, in a brutal fashion? No. But I, I would love to see some of these guys that, uh, you know, claim how good they are. Uh, today, active young fighters step in that ring and see what it feels like to get punched in the face with a bare fist. Uh, And by the way, uh, that bare knuckle, uh, the BK, the bare knuckle boxing, these guys had gloves, but not really on their knuckles. Uh, That other, uh, um, the, the, the BKB was a different version. They had small gloves. This bare knuckle version, had hand protectors but no glove it wasn't like uh, on their knuckle but uh but i i don't think that you should expect guys to be dancing around and and pulling uh uh you know the sweet science as we know it today in this version of of uh boxing uh, or fighting however you want to look at it. what do you think
2: well i think i think it's a a great uh uh trying to uh give us a, a throwback and and uh i would be interested in seeing some of it but uh you know it, it reminds me of the old movie hard times with charles bronson remember that yeah that <laughs> was hey we got another movie. we got
1: another shout out um i'm sorry we got another uh um super chat this one's from joel he says uh i like sal's memorabilia wall behind him so uh <laughs> thank uh, you joel yeah and d- d- hey joel Uh, Not only that, but, you know, you got to understand how hard Sal works at positioning that stuff every day, you know, uh, just to just to make sure he gets it all in the camera shot. So, uh Good notice there. Thank you. We appreciate it, Joel. Um, Jesse's other comments are, another guy who's talking too much, at least in the headlines, is Jeff Horn. He needs to stay focused on his bout and take it serious. He's not fighting no aged Manny, or uh, he's he's saying he's not fighting no aged Manny Pacquiao. Crawford is a long, speedy, smart, and slick fighter. I'm tired of him and his camp talking so much. Um, Listen, Jeff Horn... uh, Terence Crawford, in my opinion, is the number two pound for pound guy in the world today. Um, I love uh, uh, Terence Crawford. Uh, this guy is the definition of sweet science, similar to my number one pound for pound fighter uh, in Vasiliy Lomachenko. Um, I agree. Jeff Horn uh, is ca- their camp are, are talking a lot, but but let me explain why I think they're doing that. Who the hell is Jeff Horn? Nobody knows who Jeff Horn is, yeah. at least in this country. You know, Jeff Horn, the only people that know Jeff Horn is they may remember that he beat Manny Pacquiao. Even some people don't even remember that. You know, you, you remember Pacquiao, you know, you know that he's fighting again soon. Uh, you know that he's a politician in the Philippines. But do you remember that he even lost to Jeff Horn? Jeff Horn is just trying to make, uh, you know, some waves. And should Jeff Horn upset Terrence Crawford? Well, then everything's going to change. The thing that makes Jeff Horn a dangerous fighter is that he's young. He throws a lot of punches. He's not accurate or anything like that. And he's got some pop behind his punches. Is it going to? He's going to need it all if he thinks he's going to beat Terrence Crawford. But uh, um, I, you know what? The rhetoric coming out of Jeff Horn doesn't bother me as much as it does from Deontay Wilder. Sal, I wonder why.
2: Oh, wow, that's uh, that's uh, that is a little bit uh, strange, but we'll see. No,
1: but I mean, do you see Do you see what I'm talking about? Like, yeah. why? Like, Jeff Warren isn't saying he's the best out there. He's the best ever. He's not saying that. He's just saying he's going to shock the world. Deontay Wild is trying to tell everyone he's the best heavyweight
2: in the world. Well, we're going to see if he, he can back that up, and that's what we're trying to find out, if these guys get getting a ring together. And uh, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm I am a Deontay Wilder fan. I'm an Anthony Joshua fan. He's a, he's a credible guy. He's a good guy. They're both. He, he you know, Anthony Joshua's a credit to the game. I mean, so uh, so it's gonna be a stellar fight. You know my opinion. Who I think will win, but uh, uh, I think that uh, that's why we got to see that fight. Well, I, uh,
1: I uh, listen. <laughs> You know, the bottom line is if you're going to shoot off your mouth, you got to back it up. Deontay Wilder shoots off his mouth and has not backed it up. That's why I don't like it. I don't like fighters that talk smack and don't back it up. Deontay Wilder says he's the best, doesn't have the resume to back it up. He's not pushing hard enough for the fight. As a matter of fact, haven't heard nothing out of his mouth. He's waiting for, for Pavetkin fight to get signed. Then he's going to tell everybody how Anthony Joshua's scared of him. That I, I, I see. It's already. The, the 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 verbiage is already written. i got to take a break. We'll finish up these emails in a second. Don't go anywhere. Billy C will be right
0: back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's billycboxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young martinis so you never know what may be by morning, by morning. it's talking Boxing with Billy C talking Boxing with Billy C now back to Billy, Billy C interact with the show at billycboxing.com
1: and we're back you're watching and listening to the Billy C Show glad you could be with us and uh, I got a couple of emails, and I'm finishing up here um, as we uh, continue on. Um, the the uh, last part of uh, Jesse's email says Tyson Fury is a joke, and all his talk is just for show. He talks all this trash, and his next bout is against the, the fighter nobody knows. His talk is a way to market himself uh, and get his name out there more. Yeah, I, I understand that. And, you know, I find him funny uh you know he is a comical guy I just you know when I looked at it and yesterday I broke down the you know his ability and his resume and everything else and you know I I just don't see him getting the better of either Deontay Wilder or Anthony Joshua the reason is because of the punching power that both
2: uh, AJ and Deontay possess Sal what's your thoughts well, you know, I, I think that uh, it's gonna be uh, something that we we have to see, and they, these guys both possess the power that's gonna stop a fight. And uh, I know they could take a punch. They both proved that, but uh, they're gonna be able to deliver uh, a heavy punch that uh, that we're gonna see which which jaw is gonna be the one that can take it or not. i I, I, I don't see this fight going a distance. And I just hope we get a chance to see the fight, Bill.
1: No, 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 not that fight, Joe. So. No. I'm talking about the potential matchup between Tyson Fury and either oh. Deontay Wilder and uh, AJ. Tyson Fury.
2: Tyson Fury. You know, I, I appreciate his desire and his wanting to get in the ring with an Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder, but let's see him get in there first and, and work his way back up into the rankings, into a form with a formidable opponent. And, yeah, I, uh, ultimately, I think he'll get knocked out by either one of those fighters. And that's, that's my opinion right off the bat. I agree. Um,
1: another email. This one's from uh, Joel. Uh, Joel says, uh, hey, Billy C., it was announced yesterday. Uh, that Showtime will stream on their YouTube channel, uh, Tyson Fury versus Sefer Sarifi uh, and Terry Flanagan against Maurice Hooker on Saturday. I'm real excited Showtime uh, really has taken over on both their cable and streaming platforms. Do you think there's anything behind them streaming these two fights? I know it's a Frank Warren promotion, but curious if you think Showtime sees potential uh, showdowns for Flanagan against a PBC top star at 140 and maybe getting Fury to fight AJ or Deontay uh, who are both uh, Showtime uh, fighters. Nonetheless, it's a great vehicle that these fights will be shown and I'm excited even though my main focus Saturday will be uh, at the UFC pay-per-view fight uh, but it's a strong weekend in boxing. It'd be great if HBO followed and streamed some lesser known but important fights on their YouTube or Facebook channel. Um well first and foremost we have a lot of great fights this weekend on television um you know you have the Leo Santa Cruz fight against Abna Maris on Showtime and Jermel Charlo against Austin Trout then on Sunday Travis Kaufman and uh, two other heavyweights uh on a three you know three heavyweight fight uh is all going to be uh, uh broadcast so we're looking uh at that um sal you gotta run is that is that i gotta run all right my man no no problem i couldn't i uh, I, no no problem no problem uh, do what you got to do. I couldn't check the email, and that's what I was trying to tell you in the chat room. Okay. But uh, okay. Sal's going to take off. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow, Sal. Hope everything works you out. will.
2: Everything's working out. It Good. will work out. Good. I promise. But right. thank you so much. Right.
1: Sorry, guys. Um, okay. uh, my man, uh, Sal, had to uh, – we would try to commun- – we have this little vehicle where we try to communicate with each other, uh, although some of my access is uh, is during the show is, is not available, and he was trying to get me to check an email, which I can't do. But uh, uh, in any event um, – you know, Jermel Charlo and Austin Trout, and then the three heavyweight fights uh, on, uh, on Sunday on Fox. But my issue here, first and foremost, let's, let's discuss that about Showtime. Showtime's kicking the ass of HBO. There's no question about it. Um, not only is Showtime showing regular fights, uh, or should I say showing big fights on a regular basis, um, they are also experimenting and running things on the other platforms, just like uh, Joel mentioned in his email, uh, YouTube uh, uh, and, uh, and Facebook. Um, you know, HBO has dropped the ball. But I think that the powers that be are making a big mistake uh, about putting, for example, the Terrence Crawford against Jeff Horn fight um, exclusively on ESPN plus, which is their streaming vehicle. And in order to get it, you have to subscribe and pay to four ninety nine a month, which isn't the issue. You know, the issue, at least for me, it's not the money. All right. The issue about how I watch it. Now, I understand that a majority or a lot, I don't know if it's a majority yet, but a lot of people, or I guess a majority of younger people have cut the cord the cable cord, if you will. And they watch a lot of stuff via streaming. Uh, there's a lot of options. You can watch regular TV, local TV, et cetera, et cetera, on streaming uh, uh, apps or cableless television, internet-ready uh, television, um, you know, Roku, et cetera. Uh, I, I just think that it should be in conjunction with, not only, you know, um, the powers that be realized that you can't just have something on TV without offering it as a streaming device. Well, I believe that it's the other way around too, that you can't just have a streaming event and not have it available on TV. Now, in this particular case with ESPN Plus, I understand, No, please don't send me an explanation of why. I get it, they're cutting out the TV provider's cut. They are offering a service directly to the consumer. ESPN is going to produce. They're going to stream it. They're going to sell it. It's their way of making more money, more money, more money. All right? I get it. But they are not going to do as well, at least I don't think they're going to do as well with the Jeff Horn-Terrence uh, uh, Crawford fight as they could have on even just Showtime or even throw it up as an as a, uh, alternative pay-per-view. You know, charge 50 bucks, whatever. People will pay it. Uh, you know, I for one... Don't like uh, watching uh, on a on a handheld or or a tablet, and I don't have my whole house set up with streaming yet. Although I'm very into um, you know computing and streaming and etc etc, uh, I just prefer right now to watch uh you know big events on, on my screen on my big screen you know so I, I mean it is what it is so there's a good chance that i don't get to see that fight live i'll watch it uh the replays or or some clips of it etc um but i will be and and not to mention it's it's also uh going up against uh leo santa cruz and and Abner mares which is a a fight that i i really want to see you know so um you know it it is what it is i think they're uh they're shooting themselves in the foot here but uh got some good fights starting thursday night um or uh, i'm sorry friday night uh cbs sports network uh the return of mike lee the subway guy against uh jose uh hernandez uh espn three has diego de la jolla against jose salgado uh, then uh, the Tyson Fury Sefri Serifi uh, that fight is on uh, late afternoon on YouTube, uh, like we just talked about, along with the Terry Flanagan and Maurice Hooker. Then the ESPN Plus again; these are all streaming fights. Jeff Horn against Terence Crawford, but at the same time you got Showtime airing Leo Santa Cruz against Abner Mares and Jermell Charlo against Austin Trout. And then Sunday, uh, the uh, three uh, heavyweight fight card. Uh, coming at us from uh, uh, fs1 so uh, we got uh, we got some stuff going on um we got our uh uh trivia question and um here's the uh uh here here's the question that we had yesterday um the uh question was where is it where did i lose it oh no here it is what did jersey joe walcott and Mike Colbert both have in common. Now, this question was open to everyone except my man Coach because he already got it right. Uh, And guess what? My man Johnston, the same guy who hooks us up with all the inside scoop news from the UK, and the guy who won uh, the last trivia question got it right. My man Johnston knew that um, the correct answer was... um, They both beat a father and son. Joe Walcott beat Phil and Harold Johnson. And Colbert, uh, Mike uh, Colbert, beat Rocky Mosley Sr. And Rocky Mosley Jr. Um, A side note to this, Luis Ramon uh, Campus uh, fought both of the Camachos, uh, Hector Camacho Sr. and Jr., but fought to a draw With senior and lost to the younger one, so although they did, he did fight uh, father son. uh, Walcott and Colbert both beat them. So congratulations to uh, my man Johnston. Um, We're going to try and get him uh, uh, something. Uh, He's already got two copies of the title bout championship computer game. But uh, uh, in any event, here's today's question. And I can't remember if Coach got this one right already, but I'm going to leave it open to him because I didn't mark it. Um, uh, This is uh, uh, to any weight class except heavyweights, okay? What is the biggest height difference between, between two men in the same division for a title fight? What was the biggest height difference between two men in the same division for a world title fight? This does not include heavyweights. So don't send me heavyweight. As a matter of fact, it might even be, uh, this weekend uh, with, uh, it's even though it's not a title fight, but Anthony Joshua, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Tyson Fury and, uh, his sacrificial lamb. I think there's a foot difference between them, but, uh, In any event, what's the biggest height difference between two men in the same division for a world title fight, not including heavyweights? If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing, that's dot com you'll win your very own copy of the title bout championship computer game. Unless Johnston Brown wins it, then I'm going to send him uh, either a T-shirt or a, a book or whatever he wants. I'll, I'll, I'll pay the $4,000 shipping charge to the UK. They kill us when we ship stuff to the UK. But anyway, good luck to everybody on that question. Um, and uh, one other thing I wanted to uh, mention is uh, on this day in boxing history, June 5th, in 1999, Vasily Jirov knocks out uh, Arthur Williams in the seventh round to win the IBF World Cruiserweight title. It took place in Biloxi, Mississippi. You know, um, a side note, I had the opportunity to uh, meet Vasily Jirov and his team. I was uh, managing a fighter that uh, fought him, um, uh, you know, after his reign, actually. And uh, he's a real uh, decent guy. Uh, The one thing I I noticed about him that was uh, unique at the time, at least for me, was the fact that he um, he traveled with all his own food. Uh, he refused to eat any food from anywhere else. So when he traveled, he traveled with his own food and a cook, which I found uh, pretty interesting considering the fight that uh, I uh, was involved with him with it was not even a title fight. Um, he fought a fighter I was working with, Kenny Craven, and we were all... We were on the same plane flying out there. We were in the same transport van going to this casino, and we all stayed at the same uh, uh, casino. And this casino was, was um, the food was terrible. So I uh, applaud Vasily Jerov I wish I would have known how awful the food was because I would have brought my own too. And not to mention, we were all stuck at the hotel because there were mountain lions attacking people uh, around the area. And... Uh, we, we had to stay on the grounds, so it was like we were in jail for a week. It was, uh, wasn't was the most uh, fun uh, trip I ever took, that's for sure. But uh, also on this day, June 5th in 1999, on the same card, Roy Jones Jr. wins a 12-round decision over Reggie Johnson to unify the World Light Heavyweight title. Uh, and like I said, that fight took place in Biloxi, Mississippi. On this day in 2004, Christian Savania uh, wins a 12-round decision over Marcus Bayer. Uh, to win the uh, WBC World Super Midway title, it took place in money And finally, uh, on this day, June 5th in 1950. Remember this because this is actually a trivia question that I will have in the future. On this day, June 5th in 1950, Sugar Ray Robinson, the best ever, wins his first world middleweight title when he won a 15-round decision over Robert Veelman to win the uh, w- Pennsylvania world middleweight title. It took place in Philadelphia. It was a vacant world title. During this time, a lot of states had world titles as well. Most people uh, looked at the uh, New York State world title as the title. Uh, but uh, but Pennsylvania had a vacant world middleweight title, and Sugar Ray Robinson was the first one to win it. Uh, a lot of people forget because there's no video, but uh, Sugar Ray Robinson was uh, unbeaten as a welterweight, was considered the best welterweight ever, then retired, uh, came back, and uh, was uh, campaigned in the middleweight division. A lot of people that look back at Sugar Ray Robinson look at him as a middleweight. And the truth of the matter was, he was a great uh welterweight and uh he was great no matter what he did and another little known fact not that this is all about sugar ray robinson but sugar ray robinson you know from harlem uh used to drive to poughkeepsie new york when he was a kid fighting in amateurs uh they called them uh, the smokers where he would ride uh in the back of a rumble seat you know when he's a kid He'd hop in the back of a rumble seat. I don't know if you guys know what a rumble seat was, but in the 30s, they had uh, coupes that were two doors, but they had a seat that was like the trunk, and it would—it was called a rumble seat. It would fold out, and people would sit in the back there in the open weather or whatever. And uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, uh, as a child, as a kid, uh, fighting in the amateurs, would uh, get in the back of a rumble seat with a couple other kids and uh, drive up from Harlem into Poughkeepsie, which was a hot spot for smokers and would fight for a watch. Uh, back then, they would uh, uh, give the winner of the fight a watch that they would trade back in at the end of the night for 10 bucks. And that's how uh, Sugar Ray Robinson started making some money prior to being a pro. Little known fact there. But uh, anyway, hey, listen, boys and girls. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. We got a show that you're not going to want to miss. But until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby.